This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Through this whole, this whole thing that I'm going to be sharing is all about God's redemptive plan from the beginning of time all the way till now. And, it has, and we're living in a time where we're in that culmination of history. We're in this, we're in this uh, what is that called? A, the dawn of the restoration of all things. Okay, what are, what are you talking about, Chaim? Well, I'm going to share it with that. There's a guy called Harry Truman, okay? He's a president of the United States. 33rd president, was he? And when it came time for Israel to be restored, what he did is he voted in the UN. Everyone said, hey, come on. It's not going to work. Don't do it. Don't do it, Harry Truman. But he says, what do you mean don't do it? I've been to Sunday school. I know that the, God's not done with his redemption story for Israel. He's not done they're not, it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 11, that it's not over for them. And I'm going to go vote in the UN that they'll once again be restored to their promised land, right? And, and they said, what are you talking about, Harry? Don't do it, President Harry Truman. He said, hey, I'm Cyrus. Call me Cyrus from now on. That's what he said. Call me Cyrus. You, ever, you know who Cyrus is in the, in the Bible? Cyrus? He's this guy who he's from Persia, from, you know, now it's called Iran. And he was a king who says, I want to establish Israel. I want to help them return to their promised land when we were cast out. And I want to help the prayer called the temple. I want to help that to happen. His name is Cyrus, King Cyrus. So this president says, I'm Cyrus. Call me Cyrus. So at that moment, I believe that God put a mantle of blessing on America. It already was before that, but there's a special mantle of blessing as it relates to Israel's redemption on America. It's the first country in the world, first country in the planet was this. There's other presidents that called themselves or were called Cyrus. So you see how I put us together there. I believe that we're in our destinies are interlocked. Next. So what, what I'm, they call myself Chaim the Galilean because I live in the Galilee, but I wasn't always in the Galilee. Actually, I was born in the United States. That's how I have, if I was born in Israel, my language would sound much like this. We bring uh, many words, uh, you are come, visit, you have hummus. Yes. <laughs> so this is how I would talk if I was born in Israel. But I was born in America, and when I was a young guy, or eight of us in our family, and my dad said, look, our, our ancestors we're from Israel. We're a Jewish family. Chaim. Your name Chaim means life. Can anyone say Chaim? Oh, there you go. If your neighbor can feel it, you're saying it right. <laughs> Chaim Nitzchim is eternal life. That's what God gives us. Um, Yeshua, I, I, Yeshua is his Hebrew name. He was a Galilean. His disciples were Galilean. So my dad says, Chaim, we are from Israel, and one day we're going to go to Israel. And I said, well, why would we do that? And he said, do you know there's 700 prophecies about the gathering of the Jewish people to Israel? Now, some people couldn't say one of them to save their life, but it's real. It's all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible that God's going to gather the Jewish people to Israel. You know, I don't know why. I didn't write the Bible. You can ask my great, 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 great grandpa who wrote the Bible. And 
<laughs> but it's, it's, it's very strange. I tried to explain it to people. Why is God gathering the Jewish people to Israel? It's almost like a salmon. Some of you guys like to go fishing. And a salmon, he's swimming upstream. If I was a salmon, I'd say, come on, a little dangerous. A bear might get you. It's also the opposite way. Why are you swimming upstream, right? But they need to go back to that place where they were hatched. They, need, they got this instinct that they, these salmon need to go, even, in, even though it's an arduous journey, they need to go to where they were hatched. And that is almost like Jewish people making aliyah. So aliyah, what does it mean? It means the return to the promised land. So my dad says, Chaim, we're going to make aliyah one day. And I said, I think we need a sign from God. I mean, we were living in America, and I, th I thought, maybe I'll go to the farmer, I'll go to the sheep, and I'll just shear a little bit of wool, put that outside, say it's wet and out around it is dry. I'd be like, all right. Or let's say it's dry <laughs> and outside is wet. This is what I thought to do. And, uh, and my dad said, look, God will give us a sign. Don't worry. He'll give us a sign. So we go to our meeting. We go to this community center. And this man walks in with a long white beard, long white hair, not Santa Claus. And he comes in and he says, I have a sign for this family, a sign from God, not even from around here. And we're like, who, who are you? What's your name? He says, my name's Zebulun. And we're like, doesn't sound like you're from around here. And, and he's like, I got a sign for this family. And so come to the front. So my dad comes to the front. Hold out your hands. My dad holds out his hands. And he puts in my dad's hands a satchel of gold coins. Gold coins. And he says, this is the sign for your aliyah. And my dad says, okay. All right. Well, that's it. We're, we're going to Israel. We're going to sell everything, the, the cars, the, the, you know, the animals, the farm. We're, to go, we're going. And we got on a plane and flew into the sunset. But it's not that easy, I'll tell you. The hard part isn't getting on a plane. Anybody can get on a plane. I got on a plane today. It's living there. How do you live there? You have to learn Hebrew, right? When you went there, you guys were there. It's like, how do I, how do I sign a rental agreement? How do I work here? How do I get situated in the promised land? That's the hard part. And so that's why we felt uh, a stirring of the Holy Spirit to start this Aliyah Return Center in order to help those who are, have nowhere to go in transition and give them a little place to stay. But I'll share more about that in a second. Next. So this is the, you know, the closest place you can get to where the temple stood. This is the closest wall. And people go there. I don't Now, by raise of hand, uh, who's been to Israel before? Got a few. Got a few. Okay, well, we'll fix all that. You're all invited. <laughs> You're all invited. Come over and you have coffee at my house. Um, so this is the closest place you can get to where the temple stood back in, you know, a long time ago. Next. And people are praying day and night. Now I'm going to share with you a little bit about this Cyrus anointing here real quick. Thank you. 
Next, <clears throat> it, so you, there is this choice to be made. I spoke really fast in that video, I know. You're like, he speaks too fast. I can't understand what he's saying. Don't worry. <laughs> there is a choice to be made in our life. You look at Iran, the country of Iran today. You know, right now you probably know that they're trying to make a nuclear weapon with their friends in Russia. They're trying to make a nuclear weapon to destroy Israel right now. You probably know this. And even written on the missiles they do have, in Hebrew it says, Israel will be destroyed. In Hebrew, Yisrael Timachek. So they wrote that in Hebrew. I thought, man, that's some investment of time to write that on these missiles. But there is a choice every country, I believe, has to make. They can follow a Cyrus example, Cyrus, and bring an anointing and bring a blessing like Harry Truman did, bring a blessing on their land, or they can choose a Haman. He's also a Persian. Remember that? He chose to do a different way. He says, you know what? I want to just kill those people. I want to I hurt them. And I, know, I noticed that every country in the world, for some reason, goes through this choice. I don't know why. It's because probably the enemy knows how to read these promises as I said, there's 700 promises of Aliyah that one day God will bring the Jewish people to the land of Israel, and one day he will return and reign and rule from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. Revelations chapter 20. It's real. It's not just a story. This is real, and it's soon. It's soon that Yeshua is going to come to actual Jerusalem. It's a real place, not Narnia. It's a real place, okay? I, I remember asking my, my dad, he, he says, we're going to go to Israel. And I said, 
is it like Narnia? Is it like you go in the wardrobe and you come out? And, they, and he says, no. It's a real place where Yeshua will truly reign for 1,000 years. The, bad, the baddies will be, you know, <laughs> the devil will be locked up, and it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be beautiful, and it's soon. It's soon going to happen. But we're going to get ready for this, okay? And how are people getting ready? Nations are making a choice. They can go for a Cyrus anointing, or they can go for a Haman curse. Next. I'm see, I see it happen. Not that long ago, and this almost looks like social media sometimes, <laughs> this old, you know, Jewish people are bad, da 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 blah, 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 blah. Next. This is a little graphic, but I'm looking at not that long ago. You think about how this, this kind of stuff happened. And you know what? If I had my little pointer, these guys right here, what are they doing? They're doing nothing. They're just standing there. They're just, they're just going with the flow. He's probably like, yeah, I got to get to a party later. And yeah, I got friends coming over. I'm going to go shopping. You know, the Bible calls us to not be silent in these times. He said, do not be silent. And that is something that the enemy wants us to just stand like that on the side. Next. And look what's, I don't even want to point at what's in there. But this is what made America great. What makes America great? Well, it's following the Word of God. It's following God. It's not following man of lawlessness. It's following God. And look at these guys. This is 1774. 1774, you got these guys, these founding fathers, praying on their knees, praying to the God of Israel, and bringing a blessing on America. You know? Now, check, next, check this out. I don't know if you guys have heard of Thanksgiving before. <laughs> Well, most people think that Thanksgiving was started because these Puritans were actually doing our, our festival called, ta called Tabernacles, Sukkot. Have you heard of Tabernacles? It's we make this little tabernacle, and we have a big dinner, and we bring the harvest in, and we thank God for the harvest, and we sing songs like, Give thanks to the Lord. It's the same time. It's the same time. And people think the Puritans wanted to escape from a place of oppression. So this, I don't know if you can tell what this is, but this is Benjamin Franklin's seal of the United States. Benjamin Franklin's seal that he proposed to be the seal of the United States. It didn't end up becoming the seal, but it doesn't matter. It's a cool thing he suggested. You can see this is Pharaoh's army there. He drew this. Pharaoh's army, you see pillar of fire there. You see uh, Charlton Heston right up there, over there with his... <laughs> it's the, the, the Exodus. It's the Aliyah. Aliyah, remember? It means the journey to the promised land. The Aliyah. What does Aliyah mean? Journey to the promised land. Yes, it really means the ascension, going up to the promised land. So he proposed this, and he says, hey, we escaped from a place of tyranny, and we wanted to go and worship God freely. They escaped from a place of tyranny called Egypt. So I think this is a great symbol of America. We're together, he says. I liked, I liked how he's thinking when he's not flying kites. I like, you know, next. <laughs> he's the guy with the kite, right? It's been a long time. I, I studied in Hebrew in my university and army was all in. Okay, what time is it right now? Have you, has anyone said to you, for such a time as this to you, and, and used the phrase given to that our princess in Persia. What time? For such a time as this, what time is it? Not what time on your clock. What time is it in the, in the prophecies? Do you know? 
It is the time of redemption. It's the time of the restoration of Israel. It's the time where God's gathering the Jewish people home. Not the doom and gloom time. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there, don't worry. <laughs> Gog and Magog. Okay, don't worry, it'll happen. But right now is a time of grace and a time of a really God bringing Israel back on the map because he's going to return there. He's got to have a welcoming party there. Pretty simple. Next. So it's a time of the restoration of Israel, and it's also a time of rallying together. It's not like, oh, they're doing something in Israel. We're doing something here in Texas. They're over there in the Lone Star State, Israel. It's a Lone Star. It's got one star. <laughs> We're over in the Lone Star State, Texas. <laughs> We've got to be together. It's a time of coming together now. The Lone Star State's got to come together. It's a time of rallying the remnant together. Next. I, that's why I'm here. I think it's time that we work together because we don't have much time. Um, now, the enemy's busy trying to confuse a bunch of people, and I'm going to say something that's interesting. The enemy wants to take to confuse us. If we're confused, we're not active in the kingdom, are we? We're not active uh, pursuing his will. Now, I, I was up in the Golan Heights. Anyone been to the Golan Heights before, I guess? Yeah? So you know there's a place where they would worship this false god that has, like, goat uh, legs and human uh, torso called pan, pan flute. That's where you get the word panic, pandemonium, pandemic, you know, panic. That's where it's from, this god, false god. And Yeshua, Jesus, brought all his disciples, all his Galileans, and he brought them up to that scary place, the Temple of Pan. Scary. Why would he do this? Why did he do this? He brought them up there, and he says, hey, hey, I want to talk about identity. Who do people say that I am? And they said, well, you're, you're the Messiah. Some say you're like Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. And then Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. He says, thank you for telling me my identity. Now I'm going to tell you your identity. You, upon this revelation, I'm going to build my ecclesia, my konyonia, my kehilah, my church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against you. That's your identity. That's your identity is the gates of hell. But do you know that gates don't attack anybody? Gates don't attack you. No gates are coming. Don't worry. Don't worry. No one has gate phobia. <laughs> it means the gates can't withstand you as you advance. As you advance, the gates can't stop you from, it, from displacing. Now, why, why did I bring this thing up? Because one of those, this stupidity, one of these letters is P, pan, pansexual. That is what they were doing in, in Israel, in the Galilean area. In the, and I said, that's not cool. That's destroying identity. That's paganism. Not cool. And, and God wants us to advance his kingdom next. Advance his kingdom displace those things. Guess what they do now in that temple of Pan? All they do is open up the Bible. All they do is read, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's all they do. No one's doing any more of that stuff because it's been displaced. That's what we can do. We can displace principalities and powers. So what time is it? It's the Ezekiel 37 time. Next, it's Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read it really quick here. Say to them, thus says the Lord God, Elohim, okay? Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations where they have gone. I'll gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. That's Aliyah. Next, 
You're going to see United States right now in this. Here we go. My dwelling place will be over them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. This is Ezekiel 37. Oh, there it is. And then the United States will know. Wait. Wait a second. When? When I bring them back, and when they start worshiping me and make a dwelling place for me in the land of Israel, then the United States knows that I'm the Lord God who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. Wait a second, Chaim. Are you trying to say that Jewish people moving to Israel has something to do with revival here? I'm not saying it. It sounds like Ezekiel's saying that. I, I, you know, it's what, it, what is going on is that God is preparing for his return. And part of that is going to be proving that he's the, the true God. You know, what the enemy wants is the opposite. Well, what if we just kill them all? Yeah, that'll make sure he's not true to his word. If God isn't true to restore Israel, if he's not true to these words, then is he, is he, true, is he a true God? See, my own Aliyah, when, I, when we received that gold coins and I made my Aliyah, I realized I'm part of the truth of God's word. Next. So that's cool. So what we see, though, is I look at prophecies and I see them happening right now. Look at this. Here's Ukraine right here. You guys remember what happened in Ukraine? Just what's happening in Ukraine? It says it right there. Jeremiah 31. See, I will bring them from Ukraine. Can you read that? See, I will bring them from Ukraine, the land of the north. It's north of us. Straight north of us is Ukraine. And gather them from the ends of the earth. This is all part of the redemption. Because years and years ago, we were all cast out, for, like all over the world, cast out because we were sinful. And now God's like, it's not over. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to give you your inheritance, the promised land back. People don't talk about this a lot, do they? But it's true. Next. It's happening. And I'm just going to share a couple of these because I want to make sure I don't go too long. But this is just such a touching story of redemption. All through the Bible, there's redemption. I'm going to have to fast forward some of this because it's not rated G. Okay, so there's a guy called Lot. Remember and him and Abraham, were, their herdsmen were fighting. Remember this? And then he's like, I want to go live in Sodom. Okay. But yet, look at 2 Peter 2 verse 7. He's called a righteous man. Lot is called a righteous man. Take my daughters. And they're riding. And the angel's got to blind them. But God still has a redemption plan. It gets worse. His wife gets turned to a pillar of salt. And it gets worse. So here's what I'm going to start fast-forwarding. Cave scene. Wine. And then you have the enemies of Israel born from this occasion. You have Amorites and you have Moabites born from this cave scene we just fast-forwarded. Okay? Can God redeem this? Is God a God of redemption? Can he redeem this? Do you know what happens? After this story, there's a lady called Ruth. She's a Moabite lady. This Moabite lady goes and meets Boaz, and they fall in love, and then they have Obed, and then they have Jesse, Yeshai, and then they have David, King David, blah, 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 Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Well, why would God use such an interesting way to bring about the Messiah? He wants to redeem stuff. He wants to redeem scenarios. Who thinks that God can redeem anything in our lives, in this room? He can redeem that. I had to fast forward half of my thing, okay? And he can redeem 
us too, everybody in this room, to our full destiny. She's the, she's the ancestor of the Messiah. Okay, one more. Um, okay, Etai. Oh, this is Etai. I don't know if you know the story of Etai the Gittite. So he's there, and Gittite is from Gath, like Goliath of Gath, you know? So I just made this little joke. He, he hears a big knock on his door. Fee-fi-fo-fum, neighbor. I want to borrow a huge cup of flour and a lot of eggs, a lot of them. Okay, so he's like neighbors to, to Goliath, bad guy. Well, what happens? You remember the Ark of the Covenant? They put it on the cart, and it's going, and then they get zapped. Uzziah gets zapped. You remember this story without going into it? And then they put it at Etai, the Philistine's house. He's a Philistine. Gittite is like a Philistine. And so it's at his house, and he gets blessed. The Philistines weren't blessed when it was at, at, with Dagon, Dagon, uh, the fish god. So remember the fish head, and it was falling down? You guys have read it. Good. So they weren't blessed then, but now he's all blessed. And King David says, these guys are so blessed. How in the world is the Etai? So then he says, you know what? First Chronicles 15. Why don't you come be a gatekeeper, a doorkeeper in the tabernacle of David? There's going to be worship. There's going to be prayer. Why don't you come and be? It's better to be a doorkeeper like you, Etai. He's talking about his buddy who's a Philistine. Look at that redemption story. God wants all the families of the earth to be blessed, but it has to do with that sanctuary. It has to do with that aliyah. It, there's something about Israel that we have to get that it has to do with. It just does. It has to do with it. And he was redeemed. It even says another cool thing when, when uh, Absalom finishes his hair perm or whatever, and then, and then the, he, they're all trying to attack David, and he's, David's running for it. And then what happens is Etai is like, they said, Etai, you're a Philistine. You just go. You just go relax. You don't need to fight this. This is not your battle. And he's like, my king, whether in death or life, there will your servant be by your side, King David. I got you. Look at this love. This is that unity I'm talking about, that redemption I'm talking about. Isn't that cool? I think it's so cool. Okay, one more is Midian, the Midianites. They were bad. But suddenly you have Jethro the Midianite saying, hey, I want to help you out, Moses, with the Aliyah journey here. I'm going to help you set up shop. Remember? He's, he's supposed to be an enemy. Next. But he, God brings these people in and shows that there's a redemption. So I look on, on the news. I'm looking at, I'm about to come to America. And next, and I see that even in this place where there's an Ellis Island, where there's a Lady Liberty, where it's been a refuge Next, I, I was like, man, look at all this. And I, I work in explosives in the Army. I'm a, on reserves. I'll talk about that. But I was like, man, bombing, sticks of dynamite, Jewish Center in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, uh, Congregation Beth Israel, you know. Uh, oh, next, this is in, in the United States, and, you know, and firebombing and so on and so on. And Colleyville Synagogue, you remember that Colleyville, uh, Texas? Next. And then, of course, even now, Kanye was right. And, and I'm just like, why is this devil getting so active right now, trying to, trying to again stop the Bible from coming true, prove that God's not true? Because if he can prove that God's not true, then 
then, it, then he proved that God's not true. But guess what? It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Next. But I looked at this and I said, what times are we living in? Lord, what can we do? One of the things I believe is he's calling us to come together, to rally together. And part of that has to do with Aliyah. It's a holy thing. And we have the treasure inside us. If some of you guys say, well, what can I do? Or who am I? You know, I think of that slave girl. There was a slave. Remember Na Naaman? Naaman. How, do you, how do you say it? The guy with the leprosy? Naaman. Okay. Naaman. Yeah. Naaman. And uh, this guy had leprosy. And he had a, a slave girl that was a Jewish girl that he took as a slave. And then this, this girl says, hey, you might want to get that looked at. You know, over in Israel, there's a man of God that can help you out. Oh, why would I do that? Now, she could have just said, I'm just a slave girl. I'll just do the dishes and be quiet. No. She goes and says, come on, go there. And so he goes to Israel, and he does. Why should I go in that little Jordan River? We got big rivers. What's the biggest river in Texas? I don't know. You got big rivers. Why should I go to the little Jordan River? But he goes and dips in there, and you know, the leprosy, he gets cleansed. And then guess what? Peace in the Middle East. This slave girl made peace in the Middle East. The slave girl did. Hey, can God use anybody here? Yes, he can. Even if we're young, young at heart, he can use us because we got the treasure within us. And we just got to stop doubting God about what he can do with this. I just said yes to God. I've never been here before. I don't know. Lubbock, I said. Is that, am I saying it right? Lubbock? What's in Lubbock? Well, I know you guys are here, but I, didn't, I don't know what's here. It's got to say yes to God, and he's going to use us to change the world and bring his shalom, his peace, to the Middle East. Yeah, next. Yeah, I believe it. Next. I'll, we'll talk about that after. Um, next. It's coming. It, okay. I'm going to read for you something about why salvation came to Lubbock. Yes? Did you know that? Found in Romans chapter 11. Verse 11. I say then, this is Romans chapter 11, verse 11, because that's the time it is right now. It's 11, 11. It's always 11, 11 for me. I say then, <laughs> have they stumbled that they should fall? This is Israel. God forbid, or heavens no, you know. But rather through their fall, salvation came to Lubbock, do you know why it says? It says why right after that. Does anyone know what it says? Why? It, I'll read. Salvation came to Lubbock to provoke Israel to jealousy. To provoke Israel to jealousy. Well, how are you doing that? I'm quick test. How are you guys provoking Israel to jealousy? You're not. <laughs> what? Well, yes, you are, because you guys are supporting the Ali Return Center. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think that it's time that we look at these scriptures and say, hey, I didn't realize salvation came to the nations so they can make Israel jealous. And it's not like we're better than you. It's like, look, we have the Holy Spirit and God is doing, got great plans of redemption for you. And we are reading his word with eyes that can understand, ears that can hear next. And they get jealous, let me tell you what. I have a list out there. I got one for each of you. I printed out one for each of you. The great physician prescribes one of these Aliyah scriptures taken a day in the morning with water for a healthy prophetic lifestyle. Go ahead and take two if you want, okay? 
every morning. If you start reading these scriptures, you're going to be very shocked. You're going to say, how come I didn't know that God is bringing the Jewish people home? How come I never heard of this before? Hey, not God's fault. Now you know. You know, it says, I will gather them, I'll bring them home, and I'll plant them in the land with all my heart and all my soul. Do you know there's nowhere in the Bible that he'll do anything with all his heart and all his soul except one thing, helping Jewish people to make their aliyah return to the land. Next. So I'm going to give this to you, and I do hope you'll read it. I'm gonna, I printed it out for you by my little table there. You guys saw we just had our elections, and uh, Trump's good friend, his name is Netanyahu. He just got in just days ago, and uh, everyone's all excited. Next. And so this is the thing. We can't be trusting in people, though. This is my, my whole point. We're excited. Netanyahu's back. Great. We can't be trusting in people because we got to trust in God. In fact, I had to actually repent. I had to repent of trusting in people too much. We the people. We the people. We need to be doing God's will. You know, not being silent. Arising and shining. Not waiting for just, not waiting for something. Because it's time to establish the kingdom. This is the time. Right now. Not tomorrow. I know some, some Americans might, not you guys, but yeah, I don't mind helping some Jewish person when the world goes completely down south and I got my gun and I got some canned goods. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> well, why don't you help a Jewish person right now? You don't have to wait till then. Right now, you know, this is the thing. No, wait, when the world goes crazy, I'm ready. What about right now? You know, next. <laughs> Next, so it's the time now to establish the kingdom. Now, some people say, well, we got to go to Lakeland. We got to go to Florida. We got to go to Toronto Airport. We got to go to, go there, go there. There's the revival. There's Brownsville. There's, uh, you know, the kingdom is right here in this room, right now. The bridegroom is right now active, right here. You don't have to go nowhere, okay? Except come to Israel would be great and fun, but you don't even have to go there. Right here is where the kingdom is active. Next. I'm gonna, you know what I'll do? I'll share really quick is that when, when I went to propose to my wife, Deanna, I did the traditional Galilean wedding thing. Does anyone know what the Galilean wedding? You heard of that? So I poured the cup of, poured the cup of, I was going to say wine, but I'm just going to say grape juice. I poured the cup of grape juice <laughs> and I give it to uh, her dad put on the table and he's like oh I knew this day would come which daughter which daughter are you interested in? I was like well this one I mean and then he's like okay how many camels we're talking you know you're gonna the guy has to do the dowry in, in Israel the guy has to pay the dowry here it's the father of the bride right is that it anyway I don't know why that is but the guy has to pay the dowry and I, okay I told him I don't have any camels don't have any camels I'm a poor soldier and so, so he says, okay, I said, well, I, I'll guarantee you this. I will help all the Jewish people that are making their aliyah. I'll help them. I'll get them established. And he says, done deal. So he takes a sip. Then we hug it out. So we both have taken a sip. Now we go to the daughter, to her, Deanna, and put the cup in front of her. And then she could say, not interested. Or she could take a sip. And when she takes a sip, she's in agreement. So then... I need to go prepare the house. This is how it works. Go get a house, rent a house, get it all ready. And then when the time's right, the father 
will say, yeah, let me inspect. Okay, this looks good. This looks great. It's all ready to go. And then we'll go and get her and have a wedding. Do you guys realize that that Galilean tradition is literally what we're all part of? Have you sipped a cup yourself in a betrothal with an agreement? That's called, a, that's called communion. You've sipped a cup. It's called communion. And then you, we're in a betrothal period, and we're waiting for that wedding. So we're in this betrothal, this preparing, and part of the preparing is alia, because God says it. He says, I'll gather them before. He, he, he must remain in heaven, Acts 3, verse 21. He must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things spoken of by the prophets. And I just showed you a list. They, they all are speaking about Aliyah. So that's so important. Super duper important. Next, kingdom of heaven's at hand. So we're in this betrothal period. I like it when people put things in context. It's nice, right? Not just God, the God of Israel. Next, the Lion of Judah. It's context. If it's not in context, it's don't understand it. Next, time to put it back in context. He's the God who who was, who is, and is to come. He was gathering the Jewish people in the time of the Bible with Cyrus and stuff, but he's doing it right now, and it's just going to increase. Even Ezekiel 39 says not one will be left, and they're going to be gathered there. Interesting. Next. Interesting. So I'm going to just introduce my family a little bit in a second, but why is there even a church at all? Next. I'll tell you why. It's to do something that shows the heavenly hosts God's wisdom. To do something that shows the heavenly hosts God's wisdom. Okay, it's a mystery which is hidden for ages past in God, but his purpose is that now through the church that the wisdom of God will be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. You get that? We are going to do something, and the angels respond. It's like Daniel, and he's praying there. He's praying, 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 and he's like, God, it's time for Aliyah. You said 70 years. It's time for Aliyah. And then what happens? The angels, something starts happening. You remember that? Michael, you got the Prince of Persia. You remember that? Same thing today. We got to be doing something, and it gets them moving. Next. Yeah, Prince of Persia. Next. Gets defeated. So that's my wife, Deanna. She, she's got her wearing her little necklace. She makes these cool necklaces. I brought some for you guys. My little son, Matia. He and uh, Hadar next. Got our little son, Nadav, right there <laughs> in Israel. Next. And yeah, so we are running this Aliyah Return Center next because we think it's totally showing God's love and showing God's compassion to a people that are kind of, uh, what is that called? PTSD. You know what PTSD is? Or you guys are military people. Yeah. People have like this, they come from some persecution in Ukraine, from persecution in Ethiopia, come running from France, different places around the world. They come and they even have, they even have in, their, in their very DNA like PTSD, because of like the Holocaust, still in the, you, now you know the term mRNA now, everyone knows that. This memory in your DNA from the Holocaust. And so they're just all, God wants to release that spirit of heaviness, make them smile. Yeshua wants them to smile. 
And that's, what he, that's why he raises all you guys up, all of us up, to just go over there, make them happy, make them see the love of Yeshua. Not the, the, like he's the enemy. No, he's not the enemy. It, the Galilee, where we live, is where 29 out of 34 miracles happened, the first factory, the first army training. Next, I'll share a little bit in a second what I do in the army. This is my little congregation. It's like a quarter of the size of this place. <laughs> Next. And this is what I do in the Army. I'm a sergeant major now. My unit, Yalom unit. My, some of my team. We go to dismantle tunnel, attack tunnels. Find them, dismantle them. It's kind of scary. All kinds of different ones. They look like this, mostly. Some are bigger, a lot bigger. Some you could drive in then we have to go and dismantle them. Next, it's one thing to say, of course I believe that God never slumbers nor sleeps, that watches over Israel. No missiles from Iran are gonna get those guys. I believe it. Okay, now go in the tunnel. Okay, now get in the tunnel. You, yeah, go. It's kind of scary to take that seriously. This is what I'm saying. We gotta take these things seriously they said, okay, go call your wife and say, don't tell her what you're doing, of course. Just say, hey, I uh, just wanted to check on you guys. I'm in the army, you know. I want to say hi. And I got to go now. And they're like, okay, hang up because you probably, you may never talk to her again. You might die. Okay. Like, oh, it's, it's real. You guys know. It's real. And, uh, you know, I'll just give you one fast story. So we're in this mission. I've been in two wars and multiple missions. So we're in this mission, and, and they have these, um, these uh, APVs, like personnel carriers, and they're going. And so then they, they, some, someone shot a, uh, it's like a like cornet or whatever. It's this kind of, uh, I don't know the English version of stuff, but it shot into the back door and blew up, and everyone burned, and you could hear it on the thing. And so then they're like, okay, all right, next one. Chaim, you're next. Go. I was like, did you guys not just hear what happened to the car, the one just in front, the one just there? Yeah, no, we know. Okay, go ahead. You just have to trust in the Lord and take it seriously that he's really coming back to Jerusalem. He really is going to redeem that whole land, and he's really going to be blessing all the families of the earth as we bless Israel. It's really true. It's real. And that's what I think that people just don't take things for real. They just sort of say stuff. Okay, here we are over there. That's us in the olive tree. And there you guys are, wild ones, wild Texans. No. So we're together in this olive tree. You know, it's called a one new man. We're grafted together. You know that. Ephesians calls it a one new man. You guys know about this? Grafted together. Well, next, I'm more interested in making some olives. You already know we're in this olive tree together. It's the olive tree of faith, Abrahamic faith. We're all in there together. But now we've got to make some olives next. What kind of olives? Well, we can help some Jewish people that are maybe coming from America to make their immigration to Israel. Uh-huh. We can literally do that. And they might just come to the Galilee. Yeshua said, don't be afraid. Go to Galilee, and there you will see me. I believe that people, as you come to Galilee... You're going to see the Lord in a new way. You're going to see him in his historic context. Next. We're back. 
And there is no, this is round two, there is no round three. This is it. We're back. The Galileans are back in the Galilee. Yes, next. And we're not alone. I don't know if you've ever heard of Joshua Aaron. Go Google him later. He's got some really nice music. Joshua Aaron, good, my best friend, the guy right there. Next. And how can our righteousness exceed those black hats? You ever see those guys with the big hats and they got the curls? Jewish people that are very religious. They don't look like me. They're very religious. They're trying all, their, all day long. They're trying to do the Bible, fulfill the Bible. How could we exceed that kind of a... They're reading the Bible all night long. How could we possibly, if we don't exceed that, we're not going to heaven. We don't exceed the black hats. We're not going to heaven. How scary is that? I'll tell you how. It's by the Spirit. You can read something all day and all night, but not have the Holy Spirit, and you're not going to get what you're not going to get it. You guys get it. So that means you have a job to do. If you're getting something that someone else has a, have you ever anyone got married here? Anyone ever got married? Some people. Okay. Did your wife have a veil on? Why in the world would she do that? That's kind of strange. Why? Why do you put a veil on? You could end up marrying the wrong person. You know. <laughs> What's with a veil? What's that about? <laughs> it's not like it looks so good. You're like, you can't even, they can't hardly see out properly, you know. I think the only reason why there's a veil, the only reason, I think, is for us to understand Israel better. They're like, it's like a veil, you know. And then one day, the bridegroom's going to say, there I am. They're going to see, you know. It's like the bride, though, is getting prepared, but there's going to come that moment does Yeshua know how to heal? Jesus, does he know how to heal? Yes. So why is it when he healed that blind man and he spit in the mud and he, and he says, I see people walking like trees. He doesn't know how to heal like quicker? He's trying to show us something. It's a process. At first, at first it's like, I think I can see. I think I can see him. But later in this process, he's going to reveal himself to the Jewish people. But there's a process together. And that's what we are all part of. And as I wrap this up next, I want to talk, um, this is what it looks like when you make Aliyah. Some come with absolutely nothing. And they really need love. That's what they need more than anything. And I'm so excited that it's been about 10 years now. When we started, I had no idea. Next, I had no idea that it would even work. We were able to renovate this big property. Next, we put in about $5 million of renovations from different people all over the world. I'm 39 now, and people are like, wow, how did, how volunteer like yourselves. Next. And it's, I'm going to show this and end with this.
Just stop that. There you go. Or mute it. So I just wanted to pray as we, Lord, we thank you that you can redeem, not only save, but you can redeem, and you do redeem. Lord, we thank you for that. That you are the God of redemption, and the God that redeems inheritance and our full destiny. Lord, no matter where we have uh, failed, no matter where we have strayed like sheep, we want you'll gather us, and not only you'll gather us. Jewish people too, and they're not going to die, they're not going to be uh, forgotten, Lord. We just thank you for this team that you've, the, the cavalry from Calvary, and just what you're doing in this time, Lord. Thank you that you want us to redeem the time as you, you have redeemed us, Lord. We just thank you for this bridge of light and friendship. Bless everybody here, Lord Yeshua, who's called according to your redemption purposes. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.